Did you do three, two, one, and press 15 buttons? I did. I have one more button I have to press. Well, there you go. You announced it to yourself, I believe. Probably. Possibly. Perhaps. I'm going to start with the music next. Well, it looks like you're live. You're moving. Everybody, welcome to another podcast with Jim and Jane. Capitalism versus socialism. Now it's now even more than ever. The assault on capitalism is getting harder every day. I don't know if you heard Bernie Sanders won the New Hampshire primary. The Democrats are going to have a socialist as their presidential candidate. I mean, it doesn't get any better than this. Donald Trump is going to have a field day or will he not have a field day? That's up to you guys to decide. Does Donald Trump win bigly if he goes up against Bernie Sanders? Capitalism versus socialism. What say you? We have one open line that we can give you. The numbers, I can't read them now. They're gone. Yeah, because I covered them with the socialist uh, definitions. 860-888-2101. We finally fixed that phone line. Hopefully. 860-888-2101. John Hinterocker will join us shortly. Then we'll get going. But in the meantime, we can take your phone calls. 860-888-2101. If you want to know... There is John. Hey, now I'll fix it. And a second. John, can you hear me? Yeah. Oh, great. It worked. Isn't that great? <laughs> well, John, you're right on time. I thought we'd dive right in instead of with Roger Stone. Let's dive right in with your blog. John Hinterocker is one of the principal founding partners of PowerBlog.com. In fact, John was one of my first guests by radio show at DTIC. Did you know that, Jane? I did not. Hi, John. John, this Hi, is, how are you? This Go is ahead. Jane. I told you about Jane. Jane was a defector from communist Czechoslovakia. And the faster, yeah, good for you. The faster she runs from communism, it, it was really dangerous to leave. Had, had she been caught, she would have been shot or shipped off to a gulag, John. Now she gets here and, and communism is catching up to her again. I, I can only imagine how she feels about that. Oh my gosh! Let me play this. Your, your, John has a great blog post. If you go to powerlineblog.com, called Omar hates America. I'm going to play that for you right now. Here is Representative Omar. What state is she from, uh, John? Uh, from Minnesota, my home state. Your home state. I thought she was from Africa. And John, Just what saying. is the, no? That's not Omar. What is the context of this, John? The context, I'm just pulling up my post here as we talk, Jim. The context is that she appeared, this is probably a week ago when she uh, was, was part of this panel. And it was, a, um, it was in Washington, D.C., a, a radical democracy event. They called it at Howard University in Washington. And she was on some kind of a panel along with Rashida Tlaib, one of her fellow 
squad members. Rashida, of course, is from uh, Congresswoman from Michigan, and a couple of other people that I didn't recognize. You know, I don't think they were they were not congressmen. And uh, so that's that's the setting. That's the background. Let me play the soundbite for our audience right now. And Jane, try and fasten your seatbelt, okay? Please don't go nuts on me. Here we go. <laughs> Um, I think to to the point uh, that Rashida um, was was talking about about us not being divided uh, divided but disconnected is is truly how I think about it, um, the 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 thing that is wrong with the formation of our foreign policy um, is that when we engage in the creation of our foreign policy we are truly disconnected um, from the foreign nations that it will impact and the humans who are going to be impacted by our foreign policy. John, what the heck is um, she saying here that when we create foreign policy, we have to think of more than just ourselves? This is this sort of fake sophistication that you see so often on the left. You know, she, she talks as if she was saying something really smart. And in fact, it's just, you know, incomprehensible may i interject just for one second this is what i decided the second i cannot comprehend what somebody is saying they're stupid as far as i'm concerned they're just trying to put something in my mind that it's just not there's non-existent concept or of what i don't even know how to say it see how i sound like them right now but it irritates me because they try to sound so smart right yeah, well, that's Ilhan Omar, uh, for sure. Uh, and here is uh, another member of the squad, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. Remember what she had to say about capitalism, John. I'll play that for you right now. Here we go. So in the context of democratic socialism, then, do you think it calls for an end to capitalism? Ultimately, we are marching towards progress on this issue. I do think that we are going to see an evolution in our economic system of an unprecedented degree. And it's hard to say what direction that that takes. You know, I so, joke but that- But it sounds you're like you're skeptical that capitalism is going to continue to be the right answer. Yeah, I think it's, um, I think it's, I think it's at least a question. I think it's absolutely a question. Uh, democratic socialism. Ask Jane about democratic socialism. She laughs every time somebody uses the word. Because you're saying it doesn't exist. Well, the thing about socialism, I mean, there's a lot of things you can say about socialism, but it is inherently authoritarian. You know, when, when people say capitalism, it's kind of a misnomer. You know, it was Karl Marx who made up the name capitalism. Thank you very much. Capitalism, I, I, I prefer to talk about free enterprise. Thank you very much. You know, free enterprise, too. you know, free enterprise isn't really a system. Now, obviously, it requires the rule of law, you know, to function. It requires a monetary system, sure. But, but, but free enterprise is basically just people doing what they want to do, you know, taking jobs they want to take uh, for money they're willing to work for, investing their money in something they think, you know, might give a good return, entering into a contract that they think is going to be mutually beneficial. You know, capitalism basically just means people doing what they want to do. And if you want socialism, you've got to make people do a whole lot of things they, they didn't want to do. Thank you. And there's only one way to do that, and that is at, 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 the, uh, at the barrel of a gun. That's true. And so you can talk about democratic socialism, but the fact is socialism, by definition, is tyranny. Uh, Jane will tell you socialism leads to communism 
invariably, it must lead to communism. Well, and, we were talking about how they were trying to model all this uh, new socialist idea after Sweden and uh, the Norway. And uh, they tr th th those two countries tried the concept and they totally dumped it because it did not work one bit. It just didn't work. It's a myth. The, uh, one of the funny things going on right now, you know, Bernie Sanders, when he's asked about socialism, he says, well, I, I'm, I'm talking about a place like Denmark, right? Well, people from, you know, uh, you know officials, you know, government officials in places like Denmark and, and Sweden have recently gone on record saying, well, time out, we are not socialists. You know, we, exactly. are, we are a free enterprise country, exactly. you know, with, with, a, with a welfare system, you know, but we are not socialists. And, and this idea that, um, you know, that if you, if you say the word socialism, well, that just means kind of a liberal country like Denmark. That's not what it means at all. But they had uh, the uh, only thing they had a cap on. What did you call it yesterday? We were looking at it. The gain. Um, oh, on, on gains. They had cap on that. Uh, and that was when they Who were did? the, the uh, uh, Sweden when they were trying to run the um, socialist model. Their big companies left. Everybody, everybody was just dispersing out of the country because they were just murdering their companies. They capped how much you could make, how much profit you could make, and how much salary you could make. Well, as you were saying, Jim, and you're absolutely right. The, the, the Scandinavian countries have all moved away from. Uh, the the the, the left-wing model they they all found that to succeed they had to you know back off on the welfare state and so on and in some ways you know they are now more free enterprise oriented than we are you know if you look at the uh, if you look for example at the progressivity of the tax system the overall personal tax system we have a more progressive personal tax system in the United States than they do in any of the Scandinavian countries uh, John uh, Jane just gets scared out, out of her out of her wits when she hears people like Omar and AOC speak. She says, "Beware!" And now that Bernie Sanders has won, essentially won the Democratic nomination, she's scared to death. She risks her life to jump the wire, literally a barbed wire, to get into the United States. And she risked her life for what, as she says every day? Did I risk my life in order to jump right back into the hands of communists? You know, let me make a, a point or two about that, if I might, Jana. First of all, you're the kind of immigrant we want, right? And and I contrast Jana's attitude with with um, with Omar. Um, you know, it's it's amazing to me. I mean, here here is um, Johan Omar. She was. She grew up in Somalia. As a child, uh, her clan, her family's clan, was on the losing end of some clan warfare that's been going on for a long time in Somalia. They fled that country to a refugee camp in Kenya. So at age, I think it was 13, she was rescued from that refugee camp in Kenya and brought, uh, at, 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 at our expense, not hers, she had no money, she was brought to the United States. She was settled in the United States here in Minnesota. She was supported. She was educated at public expense. She, at a young age, ran for the Minnesota legislature, got elected, and at a very young age, ran for Congress and again got elected. And after all of that, instead of being grateful to, to us for, for saving her from an African refugee camp, she hates us. She hates America. And whenever she talks, she talks about how 
everything that goes wrong in the world, including in Somalia, amazingly enough, is America's fault. It's unbelievable. Number one, it's incredibly stupid because it's just wrong. And number two, the ingratitude that she shows is is just toward a country it's hard that to imagine. offers her so much. It's amazing. It's unbelievable. Hey, John, some people did something, you know. Yeah, because some people did something that drives Jane crazy. Every time that yeah, quote, yeah. I quote well, and you know the context of that is sometimes left out too because she was talking when she said that, as we all know about the September 11 terrorist attacks. But but what she was what she was the point she was making she was gliding over the attacks. Yes. And as so many liberals do, the point she was making was that the, the attacks, oh, yes, and people did something. But what was important was the backlash. What was important was that the federal government deprived all of us of our civil rights. Backlash against against Muslims. Well, you know, Jim and Jana, you know, you were there. I was there. I, I didn't, I don't, I don't remember any great deprivation of civil rights, you know. I remember George Bush going to mosques and talking about how Islam is a religion of peace, you know. Absolutely. But, uh, but that was the point she was making. She was, she was saying, well, yeah, the terrorist attacks, yeah, whatever. But what was important was the backlash. But for those people who think socialism will be warm and fuzzy, Jane always points to the Prague Spring when the Russians invaded Czechoslovakia brought tanks right down the streets of Prague. It was a very sad day for Czech. Very sad day. I've watched a number of movies. Jane has made me watch a number of movies on that, on the Prague Spring. Can we we switch topic for one second? Did you watch the Academy Awards? (laughs) No. Jane, I haven't watched the Academy Awards. In fact, it's been so many years since I had seen a movie that was nominated for an Academy Award. And, and this year, to tell you the truth, I didn't even know they were on until the next day. Well, that's, I, how, same, that's how little attention I pay to Hollywood. Same here, but Genius Jim picked a clip over here that almost sent me over the edge, uh, which pretty much did. But I'm going to say something that was in a Czech movie, and I'm going to say it in Czech language. And it's, Proletáři všech zemí vylište si prdel. It's a very... Um, it's a it's a profanity in it. Uh, it's talking about the proletariat. And the Oscar goes to. Yeah. Here we go, John. American Factory. Now that was a do- American Factory. It was a documentary that won the Oscar for the best documentary this year, and it was produced by Barack Obama's production company. And she gets up and accepts the award. Listen to what she says, Sean. This is the first Oscar and second nomination for Stephen Bodnar. The first Oscar and fourth nomination for Julia Riker. The first win and nomination for Jeff Riker. Here comes the money line. Wow. Thank you. Well, even before that envelope got opened, just being in the presence, in the company of our sister and brother. Come on, get to the line. Let's go. Let's get to it. Who who risk, who risk their lives making stories, bringing stories to us 
about hospitals being bombed in Syria, about Brazil, about Macedonia. We were so proud. We are inspired by you guys. Uh, our film is from Ohio and China. Go Buckeyes. And um, sorry. And, but it really could be from anywhere that people put on a uniform, uh, punch a clock, trying to make their families have a better life. Uh, working people have it harder and harder these days. Here and we go, John. We believe that things will get better when workers of the world unite. Thank you, Academy. Okay, you can stop it. Go ahead, Jane, you, say that did, in check, please. It's proletari všech zemí spojte se. The proletariat of all countries unite. That's what she just said. It's straight out of Marx. And, uh, and uh, I can't even talk right now. <laughs> it's just... Well, it's from the Communist Manifesto. Hey, we got nothing to lose but our chains, right? <laughs> you the line. That's exactly correct. That's exactly correct. So, so, so pathetically stupid. And of course, you know, there's a lot of things you could say about that, right? But something to say is in that little speech, she talked about how all the lives of working people are getting harder. Well, not here in America, they're not. You know, President Trump, as he said in his uh, State of the Union speech, has brought about a blue-collar boom. Working-class America is doing better than it has ever done before. Wages are rising, and they're rising faster at the bottom of the scale than the top. We are living through a blue-collar boom. And these people are so out of touch that they have no idea what's going on. Well, you can understand why Jane gets scared when she hears Omar. Then she hears somebody say, workers of the world unite. She thinks we're headed for doom. Well, I'll tell you something. She may be right in the long term. I, I don't know. I don't know. But I'll tell you this. We're not headed for doom in November of 2020. No, we're not. <laughs> the, the Democrat, the Democrat uh, Party clown car has careened oh, off the highway. Of a very productive administration. I think so too. Uh, he almost uh, stepped on his own uh, presidency again today, apparently by tweeting out that he thought Roger Stone's sentence was too stiff. And it was too stiff. I talked to the Soundhoff sister, former assistant U.S. attorney, about this. She said, That's crazy, nine years for lying to Congress. If it was, if everybody got nine years for lying to Congress, what did Clinton get for lying to Congress? Oh, he didn't. You know, if, we, if everybody got nine years, half the Obama administration would still be in the federal pen. <laughs> That's true, John. Let's go to one of your posts here, Bloomberg races. May I interrupt for yeah, one second? Ahead. If anybody has a question for John, it's eight six zero eight 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 two one zero one. Um, yeah, if you'd like to talk, John, the line works. Now. I think it should be working. We eight 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 two one zero one. We're pretty sure we worked on this line. If you'd like to talk to John yourself, give us a call eight 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 two one zero one eight six zero is the area code. Before we do that, John, so call and you can ask John a question. Jane, are you scared? Are you afraid that socialism is going to take over? I ain't scared of nothing. Okay, but it worries me. How is that? Okay. It worries. 
and anybody would actually try to skip the wire. You know how many people were killed, John, trying to cross the Iron Curtain? Jane tells a great story. Well, altogether over the years. Yeah, I don't know if anybody kept track of that. I think those numbers. I mean, I know the answers. I don't know, but I mean, the number of people killed trying to get over the Berlin Wall alone. Exactly. Precisely. So that nobody. And by the way, Jane, Jane, by the way, they were all going in the same direction. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. They were not going to east. They were going west. Correct. Jane's mother said the same thing. Jane's mother said, "Yes, socialism is so great. That's why we're all trying to get away from it." And. one of the things Jane said was that there really was barbed wire all across the east-west, east-west line. There was an Iron Curtain. And places where the barbed wire didn't meet, there were guards with dogs and guns. If they caught you, they'd shoot you. One of the things they would do, there was a joke that was told in Czechoslovakia, John, that people would hide in bushes along the barbed wire where there might be an opening. And if the guard saw you, they'd ask you, what are you doing there? As if you were trying to cross the wire. As if you were trying to cross the wire, they'd shoot you. Uh, in the meantime, there was a joke that they would tell. If the guard came to you, just would tell them. I think we can say this over the internet. You would just tell them that you were doing a poop, correct? Yes. And if the guard said, "Okay, show me the poop," you take them over there. They'd say, "That's a dog poop." What would the response be? Well, it's the kind of, it doesn't come across the same way. It's the same the, the the life you live is the poop you give. So if you live a dog's life, you're gonna leave a dog poop, John. <laughs> and it's a sort of dark humor that you get under socialism. John, you have no idea the the dark, gross, disgusting humor that we were actually entertained at, with. Um the, the movies that I watch uh from the old country, there were some were treasured uh put away after 68 that i i am now watching jim can't even stomach it and it's not gross or disgusting it's just uh it's just really disturbing um what the russians did john during prague spring when the tanks rolled through the center of prague i'm sure you remember that right and we did nothing because we couldn't do anything ronald reagan was president at the time but we couldn't do anything because we were already bogged down in one war we weren't going to take on the Russians at the time. But people would go to dinner. They'd be sitting down at their dinner, dinner table. They'd get up and leave and go out on the street. They'd never return. It's so sad. It's crazy sad, John. And people like Omar and AOC want that kind of government here. Like you said, John, socialism is inherently leading to totalitarianism because you have to force people to do it. Is there a check saying for that? For I'm sorry, I'm like I, forcing people to uh, to do what the government tells you to do. Like what? I, I uh, we're talking about socialism. There's nothing kind about it, correct? No. The only no. No, of course. One one thing about this, Jim and Jane, is that people like Ilhan Omar and Alexandria Ocasio Cortez and Bernie Sanders and so on. They all imagine that when socialism comes, they're going to be the people in charge and they'll be telling the rest of us what to do. And of course, what history tells us is that when totalitarian actually, totalitarianism actually comes, those people get shot. You know, I mean, they shouldn't be so confident that when the dust settles, you know, they, they think they're going to be the bosses. Uh, not so sure. 
remember John, Trotsky was killed, John. Go ahead, Jane. I'm, Jane, I'm sorry. No, for no, it's okay. It's uh, Jim is upset with me for using this, but I'm not saying that anybody's a murderer or anything. But did you see how Hitler raised rise to a power? Did you see with Germany how he came to power? He was a clueless moron, basically, and we're watching Bernie rising to power. So that's to me, it's very concerning. Bernie Sanders. Well, and I agree it's concerning, although although I, I, I will say that the Democrats are going to have to come up with a better demagogue than Bernie Sanders if they hope to actually win the presidency. And Bernie ain't going to do it. That's that. Well, that's they are kind of they're kind of dismissing him and fighting him left and right. What are they going to do when he is the only one that people want? Actually, people are they're voting for him. So, well, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, we'll see about that. I mean, you're right. Um, he, he definitely has a following. His problem is he's not increasing his following. So, you know, four years ago, he got 60% of the vote in the New Hampshire primary. Yesterday, he got, what, 24%, whatever that number right. was? Yeah, it was 24%. You know, way, way down from four years ago. You know, he's got about a quarter of the hardcore Democratic electorate that turns out for primaries and caucuses, and that's the hardcore, you know. You think but even with that hardcore, uh, you know, he doesn't have anything like a majority. So, you know, I, 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 they're, 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 the socialism is a huge danger. There's no question about that. But I don't think that it's going to come about by Bernie Sanders getting elected president. We're talking with John Hinderocker, one of the founding partners of powerlineblog.com and powerlineblog. We have a lot of bloggers come on. I try to compliment all of them, but powerlineblog is always either one or two among political blogs. It is so great, crazy successful because the people who run it are so bright. Congratulations on that, John, too. Well, thank you very much, Jim. I appreciate it. It's the truth. I wouldn't say it if it wasn't true. I used to keep track of these things. Uh, John, this woman finally had to bow out. I still have a picture on my mantle at home, and it's a picture my mother had before that, a picture of my grandfather. And my Aunt B has walked by that picture at least a thousand times, remarked that he, that her father, my papa, had high cheekbones like all of the Indians do, because that's how she saw it. And she said, and your mother got those same great cheekbones. And I didn't. She thought this was the bad deal she had gotten in life. Be now, Elizabeth, uh, Elizabeth Warren, or Francis Focahontas, who isn't Pocahontas, he never got that right, is Focahontas, as in... Right. She's now dropped out. This guy's dropped out, too. Andrew Yang. Listen to this. This is from the Morning Joe, John. I sent it to you. I know you've heard it already, but uh, Mika asking Andrew Yang, how are you going to get young people to the polls? So what's your campaign doing to, um, to get those young people actually to the polls when it matters? Like uh, I've heard reports of Elizabeth Warren providing child care for people who want to caucus for her. Go, I mean, is there anything you can do to sort of stop the repetitive reality that young people don't show up? No, uh, I'm offering them $1,000 a month, starting at age 18. <laughs> uh, that could work. Yeah, that could work. Will it? Perhaps. I think that works. Um, uh, John, they had a guaranteed income in communist check, too, and also in Russia, but it never worked, correct? 
because nobody worked? Well, that's not true, obviously. Some people worked and some people didn't. Russia was sucking everybody else out. We oh. had to work. Not oh. that we had to, had to. We wanted to work. We wanted to make something of ourselves. We wanted to be able to be free on weekends at least. Or, you know, we, we worked. But there were people that did and there were people that did not. So, yeah. There's a guaranteed income. John, I don't know if people know this, but when Russia took over all those countries in what we now call Eastern Europe, it's not really Eastern Europe. It's Central Europe, Jane will tell you. But when they took over all those countries, they needed them not just as a buffer, but to supply goods to the Soviet, to the Russian people, correct? Well, because they starved their whole country. You know, the John, John that the, they starved their whole country. They had nothing. Even though they had goods in the ground, they just did not have the tools. And, you know, they, they were just slave riding everybody else. Well, that's right. Uh, that, that's, that's, and, and at the end of the day, you know, you can have, you talk about a guaranteed income. Well, you can, you know, you can pass legislation that says everybody gets a million dollars, you know, <laughs> but, but somebody has to actually produce the wealth and, and to have income, you have to have productivity and you have to have an efficient economy. And, um, and, and so, you know, this is, this happens over and over again under socialism you know, the government says, oh, everybody should get a lot of money. Well, yeah, but where's the money? You know, somebody's got to produce it. That's a great point, John. Yeah, the government can promise you a million dollars a year, but where's it going to come from? Okay, one last sound bite from one of your posts. It's called Bloomberg is a Racist. I'll play the, um, the sound bite, let my audience hear it. Then you give us the backstory on it. Here is Mayor Bloomberg, who was actually was doing very well in the race. Up until I get to the percent of your murders and murderers and murder victims fit in one MO. You can just take the description of Xerox. It's talking about minority kids. Pass it up all the time. They are male minorities. That's true in New York, it's true in virtually every city. And that's where the real crime is. You've got to get the guns out of the hands of the people that get killed. So you've got to, if you want to spend the money for a lot of cops in the street, yeah, we put the cops in minority neighborhoods because that's where all the crime is, says Bloomberg. Well, um, in a leftist party like the Democrat Party, he's in trouble now. Correct, John? Well, I think he's in real trouble. I wrote about this last night uh, on Powerline. You know, um, several things to say about this. Number one, he was this, this audio comes from a talk that he gave to the Aspen Institute in Colorado in 2015. And he was talking about crime fighting as mayor of New York and how that was done successfully. And, and, and he's obviously exaggerating. He says 95% of murders are committed by, you know, young uh, minorities aged 16 to 25. Well, that's, that's an exaggeration. I mean, FBI data suggests that maybe 55% of all homicides are committed by African-Americans, another number that you can't really tell from their reports, you know, by Hispanics. So 95% is, is, you know, he was exaggerating and he was obviously talking off the cuff. But his broader point was correct. It is true that a vastly disproportionate amount of crime occurs in African-American neighborhoods of major cities. Everybody knows that. That's no, that's no secret. And for a long time, leaders in the African-American community have been 
urging the police departments across the country to devote more police resources to their communities to help prevent and to punish those crimes. And, and all across America, police departments have done that, including in New York. And so what he's saying, even though he exaggerates the numbers, what he's saying is really true. The way you suppress crime in a city like New York is you put the policeman where the crime is. You don't put a whole bunch of policemen walking up and down Fifth Avenue. You know, you put the policemen where the crime is taking place. And, and he goes on to say that if you do that, he talked about stop and frisk and so on. He said, if you do that, inevitably, you are going to wind up arresting some people, some minorities for relatively minor crimes because they get caught. Right. That's all true. And and I'm old enough. And Jim, you're I think you're old enough to remember when back in the 1970s, um, there was talk about cities like New York literally becoming uninhabitable. Mm having a dystopian future, like a nightmare, you know, out of, out of a novel and, and people just fleeing the city because of crime. You just couldn't live there any longer. And what happened was that mayors like Rudy Giuliani came in and police commissioners came in who cracked down on crime, who brought in effective policing tactics and saved cities like Michael Bloomberg's New York. And, and, you know, that's the story that he was talking about. And he was, he, even though his numbers were off, you know, that was basically correct. And what's ironic about this is that up until now, politicians uh, have often started their careers as prosecutors, you know, district attorneys. And it was a great way to start your career to put criminals in jail because everybody was in favor of that, right? You know, and so you'd want to get a reputation as a crime busting prosecutor. And Amy Klobuchar is just one example of people in the current Democratic Party lineup who started her career exactly that way. But all of a sudden, for the first time ever, that's changed. And all of a sudden, in the Democratic presidential primary, if you brag about your experience as as a crime buster, uh, you're in trouble. And, and, and if you talk at all candidly about crime and, you know, where the problems come from and what are the effective ways to fight crime, it, that's just anathema uh, in the Democratic Party. And so I think that ironically, you know, um, uh, Bloomberg uh, is in real trouble, I, I think, as a result of these remarks coming to light. Well, as you're right, uh, good luck trying to win the nomination in a progressive party like the Democratic Party, speaking truth like that. You're not going to win the Democratic yeah. nomination. Well, I don't think he's going to win it. But, of course, then the question is, who is, right? And I'll tell you something, Jim. You know, Amy Klobuchar um, has got a problem here, too. She hasn't, hasn't gotten a lot of attacks uh, so far because – She's been buried deep in the pack. But with her relatively strong finish in New Hampshire, people are going to start going after her. And one of the things that I know you're going to start hearing about is that she began, she began her career as the Hennepin County attorney. Hennepin County is the county that includes the city of Minneapolis. And, you know, she prosecuted crimes. And, uh, and, and you're going to hear about uh, some controversies that have arisen locally and are now going to go national because in the Democratic Party, if you are anti-crime, you know, uh, that's not a plus.
Well, it's, re- it's really stop and frisk. As my when my son lived in New York, he lived in Harlem. That's how safe the city had become. He and his wife, it's all they could afford was an apartment in Harlem. But he said stop and frisk did indeed work, but it was indiscriminate in the way they stopped people and frisked them. So in that respect, he thought it was horrible. But at the same time, he said it made the cities safer than ever. And he loved living in New York. In New York, He loved the city because it had become safe, finally. And stop yeah. and frisk. And well, I think those of us who have been around long enough have seen that. You know, New York now is one of the safer cities in the country. Absolutely. And as he said, stop and frisk was part of that as well. Stop and frisk made it happen. Well, it was part of it. It wasn't the whole story, but it was it was definitely part of it, yeah. Talking with John Hinderocker, powerlineblog.com. John, what's your feeling on whether the impeachment will hurt Trump at all, or do you think that it's it'll just skate to a landslide victory? Well, I mean, if it was going to hurt him in the polls, it would have hurt him already, right? And uh, it's kind of amazing, uh, I think, that it seemingly hasn't hurt him. Um, And I think he's going to win in November. I don't think the Democrats have anybody who can beat him. Um, I, I will say this, though. You know, I mean, there's never been a president who's had an experience like Trump. I mean, even before he was inaugurated, the Democrats were talking about impeaching him. The FBI was conspiring him, uh, conspiring against him, along with the CIA and others in the Department of Justice during the campaign, after the campaign, after he was inaugurated. There's never been anything like it. The, the press has been against him every single day. He's been attacked on the most outrageous grounds. The whole Russia collusion hoax was perpetrated, and for three years. Just think about that. For three years, it dominated the news before they finally said, oops, never mind. And then you had this stupid Ukrainian thing and the impeachment with the success. I mean, number one, it's unbelievable how successful this president has been, despite being continuously under this kind of attack and with zero cooperation from the Democrats. I mean, none. And number two, you know, by, by that said, by right, you know, Trump's approval rating ought to be at 70% or 75%, given the successes that he's had, given how well the country is doing. And instead, it's down around 50%, you know, depending on what, you know, what poll you look Still, at. That's not bad and so, in my opinion, the Democrats have, have been pretty successful in, um, in distracting attention from the successes of the administration. Uh, with these crazy, constant attacks. And it's too bad. You know, it's too bad that, that Trump really has, has not gotten the credit that he deserves. Do you think the Iowa um, caucus was the Russians? The Iowa caucus. <laughs> the Democrats showed us that they never did very well in math, did they? What I can't believe is that the Nevada <laughs> primary uh, caucus are going to use the same app. <laughs> I had read- well, you know, 
<laughs> the fact that you know, caucuses are inherently kind of screwed up, right? The whole process is so sort of painful and convoluted. And then when you when you put some incompetence on, on top of that and apparently some technical glitches, uh, all you can do is kind of sit back and laugh, you know, because they deserve it so uh, so richly. Uh, but I, at the end of the day, I think it's pretty obvious that um, – you know, the two people who performed well were, you know, Bernie Sanders and Pete uh, Buttigieg. You know, the exact numbers. <laughs> yeah, you, I mean, the, the, the exact <laughs> numbers are are still in doubt, you know. But, I mean, the, the bottom line, I think, is, you know, is real clear. Okay. Um, so about, you, don't, you don't think it was Russians in uh, Iowa? I, I want somebody to conspire. I don't think me. it was Russians. You know, it's one of the things that's so funny to me is that after being sort of pro-Russia throughout the Cold War, all of a sudden the Democrats, there's a, there's a, there's a Russian under every bed. Everything that goes wrong, oh, it must be the Russians, you know? It's really kind of amazing. Where were they in the 1970s and 80s when the Russians were a, were a serious national security threat? What's wrong with poor Joe Biden? I'm going to play another sign by and I'll let you comment on it. Calls this woman a lying faced dog faced pony soldier. I'll play it one more time. Yeah, you know, I mean, Joe Biden, you have to feel a little bit sorry for him. Uh, one thing, you know, Joe Biden, uh, has, he, he's not smart, okay? He never was intelligent. That's why people call him Slow Joe, you know? Even when he was 30 years younger, he was not ever intelligent. And now the poor man, you know, the poor man is just, is just shot mentally. And you can't even take him out in public without him embarrassing himself. <laughs> One thing that I didn't realize until yesterday, I read this, Jonathan Chait, of all people, wrote this, I think, in New York Magazine. This is the third time that Joe Biden has run for the presidency, right? And Jonathan Chait points, points out that in his three runs for the presidency, Joe Biden has never finished higher than fourth in any primary or caucus. Yet he continues so, you know, to try. So, I mean, the guy has never been successful or effective in this context. And that was when he was younger and still in possession of his faculties. I mean, now he's just, you know, but I that's, mean, but that's But that's all he knows. And his grandchildren wanted him to run. So he's doing what his grandchildren wanted to do. Isn't that what he said? That's so crazy. And, and you know, I mean, you, there's no point really in dissecting Joe too much because he's just hopeless. But if there was a time when he could have made a plausible run for the presidency, it was four years ago. Mm. When he was actually the vice president, right? Right. And he was four years younger. Um, but he stepped aside. He didn't run. He, he you know, he handed over the nomination to Hillary Clinton. I don't know why he did that, because, but he did. Because Obama said so, and why is Obama shying away from him now? Or, 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 okay. Yeah, I, I mean, you may be right. I mean, it may be that Obama just kind of ordered him, Joe, don't do it. But if he ever would have had, my point is that if he ever would have had a chance, it was four years ago. You know, now he's kind of coming out of retirement, right? <laughs> it's pretty hard to come out of retirement, and you know, at his age and his mental status, you know, and, and try to run for the presidency. 
John, I want to thank you for coming on. We're going to move along so we can take some phone calls. John Hinderocker of PowerlineBlog.com doing me a great favor by joining us. You don't get a better guest than this. Once again, John. Always a pleasure, Jim. Thanks John, a lot. You are the best. You've always been the best. John Hinderocker of PowerlineBlog.com. Go there right now. Do your homework. John, thank you for joining us. Have a good day. Thank you. You guys have a great night. Bye-bye. Thank you. Bye. Hi, everybody. We can take your phone calls if you want to comment on what John had to say. Hi, you guys. Who's in the room? We have Rob, uh, Marie, Kim, Dave. Hi, Dave. Ed, Chris, Skish, uh, Dennis, uh, Ryan, Deborah. Sish. It's Sish. I thought it was Skish. Okay, Skish. Oh, I could be wrong. I don't know how to pronounce it. Chuck, Joseph. Oh, go back up. Eric. I thought I saw Jazz Shaw. No, he didn't. Ah, <laughs> uh, um, the phone lines are open, guys. It's eight six zero nine nine six zero three zero eight or eight six zero eight 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 two one zero one. Um, I saw Sally here. Nine nine six zero three zero eight. Sally, come on, give us a call. You always do. Nine nine six. Zero three zero eight yeah. eight six zero first. I had a question actually. Both I, lines work now. Well, that's the theory. We that's tested the theory. it let's ourselves, test it. so let's see if it does work. Somebody call and let's see if it works. But uh, uh, what the heck was I going to say? Um, there was something about the uh, uh, Iowa. Um, I cannot pronounce that state. Iowa. Iowa. I can't say it. It just sounds weird to me. Uh, the the caucus was it the Russians or? I'm sorry to see this person go. I had so daggone much material stored up for her. I'm so sorry to see her go. Are you really? Yes, now it's going to be Bernie Sanders. Is, is it Bernie Sanders? What's his name? Senator, Senator Sanders. And Pete Buttigieg. What did he, he call He's him? Uh, did John call him Buttigieg <laughs> by accident? Maybe he did by accident. He did. That's why I was laughing. Buttigieg is hard to pr uh, pronounce, but... Uh, is he a mayor of one mule? Uh, now they're saying it's going to go to a brokerage convention and Hillary will suddenly pop up. <laughs> Here comes Hillary right now. I thought that was supposed to be um, Nancy. You know, he's cheating on the sounds. That was supposed to be Nancy Pelosi. but It's Hillary. This is Hillary. It is Hillary. <laughs> oh, by the way, folks, listen to this one. And we didn't come up with it, but we love it. If you have nothing nice to say about somebody, you must be talking. No, if you have nothing, if you have nothing nice to say about somebody, you must be talking about Hillary Clinton. I said it. Yep. Just saying. Um, <laughs> I thought that was funny, but you, you cut my... Sorry. Train of thought. Was that in English? That's it. I get it. I got it. Hi. Hello. Hello. Is this Jenna? 
This is Jane, Yana, whichever way you like. Yeah. Who are I'm you? sorry. I'm sorry. I'm not, sorry to pronounce it correctly. No, no. Jane, you're like wise and Slavic countries. You're perfectly fine. And who are we speaking with? Well, this would be Rob from the Bay State. Hi, Rob. Hi, Rob, how you doing? Unfortunately, I'm we have good. To, we have to say goodbye to Elizabeth Warren. She's dropped out. He can't, he can't get uh, you know, I was really hoping I was really hoping that she would stay in longer because the longer she's in the race, the less time she has to either spend here in the coastal area in Western Mass um, or uh, in the Senate doing any damage to the rest of our freedoms. Well, Rob, you remember this oldie but a goodie. I hear all this, you know, well, this is class warfare, this is whatever. No, there is nobody in this country who got rich on his own. Nobody. You built a factory out there. Good for you. But I want to be clear. You moved your goods to market on the roads the rest of us paid for. You hired workers the rest of us paid to educate. You uh, were safe in your factory because of police forces and fire forces that the rest of us paid for. You didn't have to worry that marauding bands would come. And now here's somebody claiming to be a member of the Cherokee Nation talking about marauding bands, Rob. I'm just afraid she's going to scalp me for crying out loud. <laughs> oh, my. Oh, my God. Oh, and now uh, she's it's, gone. It's, it's, uh, oh, oh! Did she? Did she? Um, did did she drop out of the race officially? Yeah, she did. She did. Oh, she! Oh, she did. I know. Oh, I've, I know. I've been, I'm so, I've been sad. so busy toiling. I've been so busy toiling all day that I, I missed that. I'm sorry. You're gonna have to turn the TV on at, at she eight o'clock. Eight o'clock to watch Tucker because he's gonna have some input on that. I'm sure. Oh, oh I can't. Well, I'm sure. I'm sure Howie Carr will be on there as well. <laughs> It's too bad I no, hate I'm, to see I'm, you go, I'm, Rob. You and I had material for the next two years at your run. Oh, yeah, but we're still going to have material anyway because she's not she's not going out of the Senate anytime soon, especially if the pinky ring union thugs continue oh, to God. get her reelected. So, oh, boy, well. And by the way, again, I am Trump wouldn't be in I, so much trouble had he been listening to us because it's not Pocahontas; it's Pocahontas. Pocahontas, and every time the TV comes on and he says it, that's what I say. He's he will get it eventually because I give the well, guy immense credit. Somebody, in the fact that he's somebody very needs savvy to, in that regard. Somebody needs to tell him. It's just that nobody's telling him because the people that are around him were not at the creation of this nickname. Rob Howie Carr. No, true. Either you, Rob, or Howie Carr, or I need to get to, get to him and tell him to correct himself. Yeah, well, if anybody can do it, because Howie, Howie knows him personally now, and uh, if anybody can get that done, I'll have to find a way to call into Howie in the afternoon <laughs> one of these days, and uh, see if we That'd can see if we can get that smoke signal passed. You know, <laughs> <laughs> sounds good. Now it's 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 Jimmy. I can't tell you how good it is to hear your voice. Oh, I Rob, it's great to hear begin you. To tell you, the show it's, continues. Uh, you, right. so, you sound great. You sound great. And uh, I still owe you lunch. Uh, I owe you both lunch. How's that sound? Where uh, you said before, where, where are you calling from? Rob calls uh, I actually, I actually live in Western Mass. I live, I live in Westfield, Mass. You know, the other thing that you missed, Jimmy, that was a shame. And had you had you been on the air, I might have had a shot at it. You know, I, I ran for a very low level office here in my in my town. What? Um, really? And we yeah, didn't help you. I, 
Well, no, well, because because it, it, it started. You 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 weren't you were you were off the air recovering, and um, and uh, it it just you know it it it, it didn't happen. I mean, I lost by 117 votes, but uh, it is it is what it is. It shows you every vote and, counts, uh, Rob. Well, you know that's true, and I, I I have to tell you, people have said, "Oh, please please do it again," uh, and I said, I said, "Do you realize I vaporized every?" nice weather weekend in September and October, knocking on doors to explain to people that we actually have commissioners for a municipal light board in this city. And everybody sat there at the door and looked at me and said, really, we have those people? And I just, you know, that, that probably should have been the first clue to me that nobody really gave a bleep about this. But uh, I ran anyway, so and did the whole lawn signs and oh man boy i not not sure i could ever pull that off again not, i'm not sure i have that much uh gas in the tank you know what? Rob, yana our great sound effect lady has something really nice for you yeah hang on a second here go. that's for you rob for running thank the you i appreciate you. that you're both you're both you're both very kind thank you even though i got even though I got 477 votes for that effort. But you so. know what, Rob? You did something, and you got educated, and you can pass it along maybe perhaps for somebody else. So you, can uh, you never know. I, I mean, I, I mean, again, I would, I would certainly, you know, frankly encourage people to try it because it's, it's, it's important to see, but it's also important, I, I think, you know, not only on a national level, but on a, local, on a state and local level as well, is that, Democrat and Republican politicians are so damn entrenched, and it, it's unbelievable the level of not only the level of um, laziness that exists with a lot of these people, and I'm I'm going to use that word, and I'm not afraid to use it, um, but but the level of just um, almost contempt that they have for anyone daring to show up at their, at their monthly meeting during the speak out and ask specific questions. Like for example, why did you, uh, why, why did a majority of you vote to not have these meetings recorded and or publicly broadcast? What's the problem? What are we hiding here? Is there an issue? Rob, Boy, Jane's got you know, a story for you, Rob. Listen no, to I don't, this. I don't have a story. Well, story. Do you want me to know? I don't have to go in a story, but Rob, you know what? It just, um, you you have to stay at it because you have the experience. Would you call it bureaucracy? Besides anything else, I think bureaucracy uh, grows. It, it, it grows into it the, these people that are set in their ways will not move because they are guaranteed their income. When you guarantee somebody right. their income, they will not move. They right. will just do whatever they need to do nope. their minimum, and nope. that's it. That's that. Nope. You know, there was there was one meeting I attended the August meeting, and it took them longer to say the Pledge of Allegiance and call the roll than it did to deal Ugh. with the business on the docket. I absolutely and, believe and the, it. And the, and, and, and the meeting was finished, and they gaveled the meeting closed, and of course there was one citizen in the audience to speak out. Who do you think that person was? Would you care to guess? Your first two guesses don't count. And, <laughs> How about you, Rob? Um, and, and, I, and I stood up, and I said out loud so that every one of them could hear it. That's it? <laughs> 19 minutes that's it and they all and they all looked at me and I said you people should be ashamed of yourselves good for you and I turned around and I walked out 
Well, I, I was pissed. Excuse How did they respond to that? Uh, they didn't. <laughs> I'm they sure did. They did. The, the only, the, the only, the only person who responded um, was the mayor's at the time, the mayor's liaison to the um, to the to the municipal light board, and and, and he's frankly he's the worst wretch in the world. This guy, anyway. But uh, uh, he said, "Well, you know," he says, "You know, you're right." And I and I looked at him. I said, "You know, Brett." I said, "If I'm right." I said, then why in the hell don't you do something about it? Yeah. I did, and he's now and he's now president of the city council as well. This guy. I said, I said, what have you been doing? I said, you know what you've been doing? I said, you've been running your mouth. I said, that's all you've been doing. I said, because nothing else gets done. And I turned around and I left. No, no. So exactly, crickets. <laughs> you got it, crickets. All right. But, but Jimmy, you've, you, you've greatly improved the sound effects here, I have to say. Oh, thank you. We've been trying to do that. Giannis in charge of the sound effects. That's her job. Well, also to again, pick up on um, socialism in America. She's definitely well, afraid of socialism in America. You know, you know, it's interesting you mentioned that. I, I came home later this evening. I didn't get home until 10 or 7. And um, my girlfriend's home and the TV was on. And she had the news on, and I'm standing there eating dinner, and a Bernie Sanders for president commercial comes on. And that's the first time I've ever seen one of those. And I'm thinking to myself, um, you know, a lot of people said, a lot of people said Donald Trump couldn't be president. Thank God he is. Um, but I tell you. I am nervous. This is this is this, this is too close for me. I know. I'm, uh, I'm nervous. Way too close for me, and uh, and and it was you know, oh, we're we're the we're the, we're we're with the working people and the middle class is is hurting greatly, and and the the the, the rich are getting all the tax cuts, billionaires are getting tax cuts, and we're going to have health care for all and paid oh. education. I'm thinking to myself, who's paying for this crap? You know? Well, Rob, have you yeah, noticed uh, now they're against billionaires instead of millionaires? Well, well, the reason is they're well, all they used to be. Well, Bernie, Bernie, Bernie used to be against millionaires and billionaires. Until he, now he's until he against, realized. Until now he he's only that's right. Now, now he's now he's now he's a millionaire, so he's not against millionaires. Exactly. The guy has a house on Lake Champlain. Guy has a house on Lake Champlain. In North Hero, no less. Have you been up there? Yes, I have. Yeah, 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 yeah. There's no, um, there's, there's no tenements or barbed wire in North Hero. Only for the cows. Believe me. <sighs> my, my kids went to UVM. I mean, to own a house on oh. Lake Champlain, you've got to be a multimillionaire. He's not just Absolutely. a millionaire. See, and it's funny. I was just at UVM. Isn't that strange? I was just there. <laughs> isn't, isn't, isn't that funny? Yeah, they've. I don't know if you're aware, but they've now bought the. Um, They've now bought the, if you remember Fletcher Allen Medical Center in yes, Burlington, absolutely. that was next to UVM. Yep. Yeah, it's not Fletcher Allen Medical Center anymore. It's UVM Hospital now. What? The school and bought it? The school bought it? <laughs> the school bought it. And Interesting. They're, 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 they're combining it with the school, and they're turning it into a teaching hospital. That's great, but how does... It actually is great. It, it is it great, but is. how can school afford something like that? That's... I'm sure the taxpayers of the state of Vermont wrote the check, but, but I, think, I think that from what I understand, I don't have all the details, but 
uh, Fletcher Allen Medical Center, you know, was a was a private hospital, and I don't think they were doing too red hot. And um, you know, because it's it's not a you know Vermont. You know, there's 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 a few prosperous people, but you know the real Vermonters typically are not uh, you know wealthy, super prosperous people. They're great people, but they're right. not they're not you know they're they're not you know vastly wealthy super rich, people. Yeah. Rob, and, I'm so glad right. you caught up to our podcast. I'm I'm glad I did too. I'm I'm and, I, and and this won't be the last time, believe me. And like I said, I still owe you both lunch. So <laughs> well, listen, just have a great sure. night, guys. Okay, you if do. you call in uh, next Thank Wednesday you. as well, I will. Jazz Shaw will, will. be our guest right, next Wednesday. Soon. Thanks. Talk to you soon. Who, who is it? Jazz Shaw's next week. Oh, good, good, good. Okay, well, and I'll Andy be McCarthy in two weeks. Oh, even better. Good. All right, we'll be listening. Thanks, okay, guys. Thanks, Have a great Rob. night. Thanks, Rob. We still have the great guests and the great right. callers. Okay. Thanks, thanks Rob. Thank you. Bye. Take Good night, care. guys. Is this Sally? Hi, guys. You can hear me. Yay! Sally, Hi! the other phone line works. We're thrilled. Did, did you? Oh, did you hear Rob? I did hear Rob. Oh, perfect. So it is working. Awesome. It is working. <laughs> we fixed it. it, it, it. We fixed it, it. But can you all hear me? Yeah, no, what are you saying? <laughs> <laughs> Sally, how's business? Business is great. Excellent. You. Don't you yes. just love capitalism? The I, free market? I love the free market. That's how my family grows. Well, Bernie Sanders, I'm sorry to say, is going to be the Democratic nominee for the Democrat Party. Oh, I'm not sorry to say he's going to be the, the Democrat. Let him be. The Democratic Party Trump nominee. will will wipe him out. There's yeah. no question. But if there's <laughs> even that slight chance that he might win, that scares the living daylights out of me. I think there's enough people in this country right now that'll it, it's it's a non-issue. Let's that's if if that's their nominee, Bernie's their nominee. Bring it. I'm truly bring afraid, it. though. <laughs> a little bit closer than. And I wanted to get to socialism in America. I think that the um, the parents underneath of the trophy parents, which sadly is my generation, um, are, 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 do you understand what I'm saying? Yes. Yep. Okay. So my generation of parenting is the trophy generation. Parents underneath of that are, what's that? hell did you just do and because i i see this daily of what i do um i think that we're gonna be fine i think that they see based on my kids also which are also millennials but um they're like you screwed a lot of things up like you you did a lot of things wrong you you gave out trophies that weren't deserved you you we screwed a lot of things up. <laughs> yeah. How about, words, how about a trophy for Obama? For the, the trophy when he became a president, he immediately got a trophy. How about that one? The Nobel Prize? Yes. Yeah. I mean, that was literally trophy for participation. 